A very special <laughs> episode of the Green Light Slash Green, Green Light, Lit. a crossover, if you will, of our own doing. <laughs> which really means that we just want to do something special for Halloween. Yes. Um, and so we do these Green Lit episodes once a month for our Patreon at five dollars and up. And yes, we did correct. one for this month that is Hocus Pocus. Yes. There is a preview out just now. Just dropped. Um, I mean the regular one is also out on Patreon yes. only. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're doing one for the public that is also just our regular episode for this week. So we watched Friday the thirteenth. Hold on, before before we go too much into that. Normally, what we do, if you're new here, if you don't know, we oh, read yeah. unproduced, unproduced. Excuse me, scrape. <laughs> If we, you can't tell, Jackson's had a couple drinks. Okay. Uh, we read unproduced plays and screenplays and then interview the writer. To We're be taking fair, a break. I am usually the one who says that. Correct. Uh, we are taking a break from that this week to do this green light episode. Something Celebrate a little more Halloween. fun, we thought, for Halloween. Not that what we normally do isn't fun, but, you know, just to give ourselves a bit of a break, maybe, um, and and things like that. So, yes, yeah. we're, we're doing this, a green lit episode. Tell them what green lits are about, Lauren, what we do. Okay, so basically with green lit, we watch a nostalgic movie, maybe a slightly older movie. Recently, it's just been movies from, like, the 70s, 80s, that kind of era. That we, we should have seen. We should have seen. Haven't. that we haven't seen so um yeah for this one we did friday the 13th and then we also do an alcoholic beverage pairing yes hence the them. name green lit yeah so we'll get more into that uh in our next segment yeah. but yeah if you hear us and drinking that's what's going to be our this, next segment that's yes what's up. correct we do have a drink right here with us that we will discuss later yeah we'll explain what that drink is we'll get into more of friday the 13th all of our recaps reactions things like that but we're gonna stick with our normal detour segment in doing this Beep. So, detour segment, we talk about what we've consumed in the past week. And if you don't know, we've been doing some spooky detours lately. Spooky detours. Exactly. And this is no different. Even though our green lit is also spooky, we're going to do some spooky detours. Granted, we're not going to spend too much time on them because our the main part, the bulk of our episode, the meat, the the flesh, if you will, sticking Ew. with the theme of the month is going to be sort of similar but longer so we're going to stick quick with these but just a few of our recommendations of things we've yeah. watched some scary things that you can get in on this uh day before and day of Halloween depending on when you're listening to this yeah so yes that's what we're going to do uh Lauren you should go first starting with mine okay yeah well we did both watch this but um I think I might have been the one who enjoyed it more well I was a little I was actually working on something for the show. This show, uh, actually, I can't oh, remember I what it was. Oh, I think you must have been editing then. May, I was. I think I was actually finding like clips for like social oh, media stuff. Okay. Follow us on social media yeah. at TGL underscore pod. Do it. But yes, yeah, so that's what I was doing. So I was half watching, but still <laughs> okay. kind of watching. But well, yes, yeah. Lauren, okay. go ahead. So this is the 2019 film Ready or Not. So here's the log line. Exactly. So a bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. So basically what happens, she marries in, she's this girl named Grace. She grew up in foster care or whatever. She marries (laughs) into this. Okay, that's not what I meant. (laughs) She marries into this incredibly wealthy family. She makes a joke like they're richer than God, whatever. Um, So 
these people, apparently the reason they're rich is because they have this mysterious benefactor who is very big on tradition. And whenever a new person comes into the family, so Mary's into the family, whatever, mm-hmm. they have a game night at midnight. And there's this box that they well, got from this benefactor guy. And their money comes from, like, games, Board games. right? Board games, yeah. Yes. But, yeah, well, it was basically, like, the guy who gave them all that money and gave them the game box. And it was all, like, kind of, basically, their livelihood was contingent on doing these traditions. Okay, sure. Keep um, going. Okay, so... They have this box, you put a blank card into it, and it basically stamps the name of a game on it. It can be all kinds of traditional games. I know some of the, the newer family members mention, oh, mine was Old Main, mine was Go Fish, whatever. And there's one card that is not just a normal game, which is Hide and Seek. Yes. And if you draw that card, it's basically everyone against the new family member. And everyone else in the family, unbeknownst to Grace, who's the newest person, has to kill the new person before dawn. Otherwise, they will all die. Yes. Yeah, so that's basically the premise of the movie. That's the plot. She's trying not to die. Um, You do see that in the trailer, even though there are some things that are not revealed until later in the movie. Correct. Um, Yeah, but so I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought that Grace, who was Samara, Samara, sorry, weaving, um, I thought she was fabulous. Could be Samara. Could be Samara. Yeah, like Tamara. Yeah. Um, But with an S. Yeah, Samara Weaving, she was very, very good. I want to get this in there. This is mostly my only comment on this movie. (laughs) She had a Leonardo DiCaprio-esque performance from Revenant. Yeah, well, in the sense of, like, by the end of this movie... a lot. She was kind of gross, you know what I mean? Like, she... (laughs) Ooh. I don't know. I don't know if I should spoil this. Fast forward if you don't want spoilers. At one point... Um, a little boy who's been indoctrinated in this family literally shoots a hole in her hand yeah. and she's trying to climb Pretty out wild. of a pit full of dead goats that have been sacrificed by the family. The ladder Those were breaks. bodies too. There were bodies and dead goats. Yes. So, cause they've but sacrificed also, I feel like other people who have died is... during hide and seek, but also dead goats. <laughs> sure. More recently dead goats. Okay. Um, but anyway, so the ladder breaks and she's trying to get out of it and she only really has one hand cause the other one has a hole in it, but then there's a nail up on the top. So she puts her hand with the hole in it over the nail yeah and uses that to pull herself up and i was like yeah so a very a very strong performance by her i i'm excited to see her in more stuff me too she kind of great she's kind of a margot robbie type she's definitely a margot robbie type you know we'll we'll see what we see her she looks enough like her that she could be i mean like i don't think she's a stunt actress but like that she could be a stunt double like that's how much she is that type. Exactly, yes. But what? Uh, anything else that you'd like to talk about in this movie? What else did you like about yeah, it? Yeah, I thought she was fabulous. Um, this the is, premise is fun. The, the premise is really fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like, not that it was like always super duper scary, but I thought it was very tense, which was great. There I'd, was, I'd um, call it more of a thriller. Definitely more of a thriller, even though there is some gory stuff in it. But um, there's it's it's also kind of a dig at capitalism because all of the servants die. Yeah, that's like, true. Pretty one quickly, after the too. other. They all die. Pretty quickly, yeah. Um, and there's also a kind of cool Jurassic Park moment where she's trying not to get caught by this guy who's whistling the William Tell overture yeah. in the kitchen and like sliding around the counters and stuff like that. So yeah. that was kind of cool. Um, the ending is fun as well. I like the ending. The ending is fun. I really wasn't sure. I don't want to spoil it. But you don't have to. Yeah, I. the ending was... There would have been two ways where it was satisfying, and the way that it ended was one of them. Yeah. I'll say that. Correct. Correct. But yeah, really enjoyed Ready or Not. Um, pretty great. 
Yep, yeah. Ready or Not on HBO. We yeah. watched it on HBO Max, so if you subscribe to HBO, you can watch it, and it's a good one. Okay, let's talk about the one we watched together next, I think. So, we also watched, and this one is very new. So, and it's also not that scary. It's a kid's thing. Yeah, exactly. So we watched the new Witches movie based on yeah. the Roald Dahl fairy tale, I guess? No, it's a novel. Roald Dahl novel. Based on the novel. Yeah, I mean, it is a children's novel, but it is a novel. Sure. Um, so I read this book... Probably at like 10 times as a kid. Sure. I loved all things Roald Dahl, and I especially love The Witches. He's pretty good. Um, So I wasn't sure how I would feel about this movie. Could what you tell us a little things? bit of the specs? Oh, yeah, a little bit of the specs. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> okay, a young boy and his grandmother have a run-in with a coven of witches and their leader. Coven. That's all it says. Director is Robert Zemeckis. 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 He also wrote the screenplay along with Kenya Barris, um, starring Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Stanley Tucci. The Tucci. Those are really the big ones. Um, There's another Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Stanley Tucci, and Chris Rock. Oh, right. I forgot. He was only a voice. Yeah, But vo- as we'll talk about, Rock. I don't think Chris Rock should have been in this movie. Not <laughs> okay. necessarily because of him, partly because of him, but mostly just because I didn't think there needed to be a narrator character, sure. and that's what he was. Sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, so... With the witches, I thought I would have a problem with the fact that it wasn't set in Norway and then they go to England in the hotel and instead it was like just in Alabama. Sure. I think they tried to make it like a, like a, you know, the, this bougie hotel that was an old plantation, like yeah. that it was like a racist thing towards Octavia Spencer and the boy who in the original book were, you know, Norwegian. So they were white. It was a um, little in this version, vibe. it was Octavia sure. Spencer and, yeah. uh, Jazir Bruno. Um, but I still thought it was good. It didn't like the, the change of setting didn't bother me at all. Um, yeah, I, I have no attachment to the whole, book at all. I thought but... was like, fine i i agree the the movie itself is fine there are like some fun moments you will not look at anne, anne hathaway the same ever again true i'll say that. that's true she she goes the thing through, with the mouth that was not in the she book. goes through that lots scary lots of transformations as the she's like the supreme she's the grand high witch. she's the hbic if you will um of this movie so sure. um another thing so she's she's fine what do you think of her accent by the way before we move on from anne hathaway <laughs> I don't know how I felt about her accent. It was I. It was um. It was I. <laughs> a little. It was a little inconsistent. I will say. Yeah. I don't. Know. I love Anne Hathaway. So it I was do like, like Anne it Hathaway. was. It was fun to see her on screen. Yeah. It was fun to see her do something a little crazy. Yeah. That was fun. It was crazy. <laughs> um. It definitely was. Yeah. Um. One thing I did like about this movie, as opposed to the other movie starring Angelica Houston, which of course I love Angelica Houston, um, sure. from many a thing, including Smash, which I've discussed a lot. Um. But. The other movie ends with uh, Bruno oh, and... Oh, uh, spoiler. This book has been out for decades. Okay, but still, just alert. Spoiler Whatever. alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, in the books, it ends the same way the movie does, which is that they they don't turn back into humans and they go on to be witch hunters, take down everybody. Yeah. Um, in the other movie, they turn back into children, which I think kind of defeats the purpose because I think it... Um, it minimalizes the power of these witches that it could be so quickly reversed. 
And I think that the fact that they stay mice is a testament to how much of a threat the witches are. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that. The the witches pretty early into the movie, so this isn't a spoiler, turns the, the main young characters into mice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like a main premise of the book, pretty no, much. No, yeah, exactly. Their idea is but to I don't think we have mentioned that all yet the children. on this episode. Yeah. Correct, yes. So they that want is to their turn goal. them into mice. In the book, it's a lot more detailed, the plan, but it's basically like a, oh, well, they eat the kids go to the candy store that the witches run, eat the candy. They don't turn into mice till the next day when they get off the school bus and then the teachers all kill them at school. Sure. Um, that's like their their whole plan. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not quite described that well in the movie. It's a little different in the movie because they want it to be like an hour after, which I think would definitely link them back to the candy stores, but whatever. <laughs> okay, sure. A little more well-written in well, the book. Well, I, I also think, I don't know how it is in the book or the other movie, but in this movie, I feel like sort of the moral, the message behind it was you sort of have to take life as it comes, you know? That's true, yeah. And, and well, you know... Well, and then turning back into children kind of defeats exactly. that purpose. This whole idea of God has a plan for you, and once again, if, if they turn back into children, it kind of defeats well, that Well, and I will purpose, say, so the book like, is whatever. not at all religious. Sure. I mean, this this movie was very lightly religious, yeah. I would say. It's well, not and like another thing about the book too that I thought was interesting so Octavia Spencer's character basically talks about how freshly bathed children smell like dog poo and if they don't bathe they smell less like dog poo so the kid is like oh so should I not shower and Octavia Spencer's like don't press me um but in the book the grandma literally only lets him take a bath like once a month Sure. Because of the witches. Well, there was a much uh, shortened timeline in this one, I feel like. Well, there was, but it's also like Octavia Spencer was like, you have to bathe. I'm not going to work around that. Sure, sure. That's fine. Um, So I don't know. That was just something I thought was interesting. Yeah. Overall, this movie is, uh, it's pretty decent. Um, It's fun. It would be a fun family thing. Yeah. I wouldn't rush out to see it. <laughs> I agree. This one's also on HBO Max don't as well. Don't catch COVID for this. <laughs> yes, correct. I mean, I don't even know if it's in theaters. I don't know. Well, I mean, there are some theaters around the country that are open, like half. Well, but I don't know if it's showing. I think this was just like on HBO. Gotcha. So yes, on HBO, uh, watch it if you have time. Don't run out to see it. We just wanted to talk about it because it was a new one and kind of big. Yeah. So we wanted to throw that in there. Okay. Final movie for our detours. We're running on 15 minutes, so I'll be quick on this. Um, This is a movie that is a bit older And what I truly liked better than Witches, even though most of the reviews that I've seen have been bad. Well, to be fair, it's a bad horror movie that you enjoy because it's bad. I guess. Okay, so the movie that we are talking about is Anaconda, the 1997 film directed by uh, Luis Losa, written by Hans Bauer and Jim Cash. It stars, this has a star-studded cast. Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, John Voight, Eric Stoltz, Owen Wilson, Danny Trejo are the recognizable names that you would know from this film. So, this movie is about a National Geographic film crew that is taken hostage by an insane hunter, John Voight, who forces them along on his quest to capture the world's largest and deadliest snake. So if you didn't know by the title, this movie's about a big ol' snake. (laughs) And that is... It's not about whatever the Nicki Minaj song is about. No, it is not. Huh. You are you are correct. You are uh, yes, correct in your assumption, Lauren. So this movie is very much a super fun like B type horror movie. I had a lovely time watching this film. That, I was playing uh, Zelda. I was not watching. Yes, uh, Lauren was in the room but not watching. So John Voight is sort of the villain in this film, and you you learn pretty quickly that he's not a good guy. I think the director was like, "Hey, John." 
do what you want. <laughs> and John said, okay, I will. From and so he I just saw, did whatever he wanted. He was very much like a Clayton and Tarzan type he, of guy. He was, but even more unhinged. <laughs> even less morals, I would say, than Clayton and Tarzan, which is kind of hard. But... This it's it's just a fun movie. The effects are awful. The effects are absolutely horrendous. But it, it's I I truly had a good time watching it. Like I think it's a solid like creature feature. You know these anacondas are crazy. They snatch people out of midair by their, by their necks. necks, chomp chomp. <laughs> and you know no, it's it's just it's a lot of fun to see J Lo. It's a lot of fun to see Ice Cube. It's a lot of fun to see Owen Wilson. A lot of actors and and celebrities that we know a lot. And you know they all do a great job. I think the acting is decent in the movie. You know and and I I enjoyed it a lot. Once again, Anaconda, nineteen ninety seven. Where do we watch it? Netflix. It's on Netflix. So I don't even know if I have much more to say about it besides the fact that it's it's super fun. Um, once again, if you're expecting like a like an A plus, like it, it, this movie isn't going to make you think. There's not a larger theme. <laughs> it's about a huge anaconda and a man who wants to capture that anaconda and about the film crew that he's taken hostage to do so. That's it. All right. So getting <laughs> to a movie with great. maybe probably not as good acting, Friday the 13th. Well, yes. Okay. So we're officially now transitioning into Green Yes. Okay, Michael Scott. Yes. I might put like a, I might, I might actually segment this out so that there is a sort of break in between. So if oh. I did, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Well, actually, I want to give you another break real quick to go make. Uh, oh, true. Let's talk about a drink. Well, actually, I don't know if I don't remember if the drink had a specific name. So it was supposed to have a Sandman's Port Reserve. Um, that, you know, that sweet red dessert wine kind of deal. Uh, we just got a barefoot sweet red because we are cheap. And it's the same thing. It's fine. Well, I mean, we're mixing it. So it's... Uh, exactly. The The recipe is one part that, the sandamans or a cheap sweet red of your choice, uh, one and a half parts ginger ale, uh, a fourth part orange juice, so just a dash of orange juice, and then a fourth of a apple chopped up into cubes. Chopped up, sliced up in there. But yep. here's the thing. If you were paying attention, there is very little wine in that. Yeah. So, so we, we sort of uh, we kind of did our own non measurements and yeah. just dumped a bunch of extra yeah. wine in there. I think we can sort of call this a, a camp blood punch. I think is what we'll let's go for it. Call camp it. blood punch. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, because it 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 is very red. It is very red. It's it's kind yeah. of a nice fun red to it. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, at one point I had some like kind of it was starting to get a little bit old, so I was like, I should mix it. Cabernet. Yeah. Um, so I did make some of that in there when we wanted a little bit more wine, and that made it blood red. So yeah. that was very red. So basically yeah. what Lauren is telling you to do is if you would like to make this drink, if you have those tools on hand, or if you want to pause this, run to the grocery store, run back and make it do that. Or, or just pick up a sangria. This is just like a kind of lighter version of that with apple chunks. Or pick up the drink of your choice or just settle in around the fire with your family. Actually, I will say one thing that I, I do want to mention on our on our main since we're <laughs> since oh. we're since we're on main now. The, especially because of this movie and the way that it works and and just because of the way Greenlit works, there are going to be some more sensitive topics discussed. There might be a little bit of cursing between us. 
So if if usually uh, on Jackson's side, <laughs> how dare you? So oh. if if you do have children or if you don't want to hear that yourself, just know that that's probably gonna come up. So this is your official parental advisory. <laughs> Uh, right there. But yes, otherwise, settle in. If you're fine with that, if you're fine with the Friday the 13th vibe, let's, let's jump go. into it. Let us jump into it. So, Friday the 13th is a 1980 horror film directed by Sean Cunningham, written by Victor Miller. It stars Betsy Palmer, Adrian King, Janine Taylor, Robbie Morgan, Kevin Bacon, Harry Crosby, Laurie Bertram, Mark Nelson. And that's pretty much all we got. Peter yeah. Brower, I guess, is in there uh, a decent amount, too. So, this movie, if you don't know what the original Friday the 13th is about, a group of camp counselors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp, which was the site of a child's drowning and a grisly double murder years before. Yep. So, that's what we got. Friday that's the 13th what we got. wise. Yeah. So. I have some facts. If you don't know, if you haven't listened to our Greenland episodes, which unless you're one of four you probably people, haven't. you have not. <laughs> well, or if you've listened to one of our our, our, our previews, little previews, you, you know that I like to grab some facts from the movie. Lauren, I love movie trivia. I love movie you facts. Do. Lauren is going to take and a drink. I love you, I guess. <laughs> Lauren begrudgingly says she loves me. So I'm going to get into some facts. There are some fun facts about this one. I like it. So this film was made on a budget of $550,000. Which honestly still sounds like a lot of money, even though for a movie, that's really not that much. For a movie, that is nothing. For a movie, that's nothing. That is absolutely nothing. For like a mainstream film, that's nothing. It made $39 million. So it really just surpassed its budget. And which I thought, I thought it honestly made even more more than that. that. I thought it made more like $60 million. No, gross USA huh. thirty nine million dollars. Oh, maybe that was like IMDb. worldwide. Yeah, so that an, an incredible turnaround, an incredible profit this yeah. movie made, um, and partially because there was. Do you know what very famous slasher movie came out two years before? Um, I don't know. Scream. No, Scream came out much later. Halloween. Yes. Halloween came out in 1978, (laughs) and literally writer Victor Miller admitted that uh, um, Friday the 13th was sort of riding on the coattails of it, slightly based on it. There there isn't really much of a similar premise besides the fact that there are two broad slasher movies, but the structure-wise was sort of based on it. And, of course, Halloween was sort of like the, the big... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the big beginning of slasher films. So this was another one of those early slasher films that sort of True. come on to that. So yeah. Camp Camp Crystal Lake? Nope. Camp No Nobibosco is where it was filmed. It's actually a oh, fully operational sad. camp that is still in use today. No thanks. <laughs> it is still that would that would be so wild. You to know, be like, let me just send my kid to the place where year. people fictitiously got murdered. Exactly. No, that I, would be it's fun. Just like, I feel like that with that context, fun. no, no, no. I just feel like with that context, because that movie was shot there, it would be one of those like, um, like Human Centipede two and three movies mm. where someone tries to recreate the movie a little too meta, sure, with the camp. You know sure. what I mean? Sure, so sure, sure. I would be afraid to send my kid to that camp. No, for sure. I mean, it's not a great place to to send your kid for sure. But because this is literally shot at a camp. They really didn't even have to build much at all, set-wise. They mostly just used what was there. The only thing they had to build was the bathroom set. Half a million budget. I guess that scans. But everything else was already there. Okay. So, yeah. Pretty sweet. Uh, So, 
what we will talk about as we talk as sort of our reactions to the film and our analysis there are some really cool like murder sequences and very cool but but then also some very bad acting well, and other sure. bad things. But going off of the murder sequences, things like that, the MPAA actually told the producers that they had to cut back on the gore for the sequel because it was so wild, for the time at least. I guess for the time. But it was also just like, it was, we didn't really see, I think the thing that gets me in gory movies is like seeing the people suffer. Sure. But in this movie, it was very much in the style of Psycho where we never see like, well, actually, we do see a knife touch skin. Um, in Psycho, with, yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, not in Psycho. Oh, do we in, not? No, we don't. Okay. Um, there's knife and then there's bloody skin. That's it. Okay. Um, but in this, we do see the knife come out the sure. through Kevin Bacon's the, neck. There are a couple spoilers, but But yes. for the most part, it's like, scream, you see the weapon, then you see the weapon on their body. Yeah, or it's know? or it's post-murder and people finding them. Right. Which are which are some other cool but scenes. But I thought but that was very, we'll very that. well done. Because that doesn't really get me if it's like after the fact, you know what I mean? It just yeah. looked very cool. And I was very impressed with the effects for the time. I agree. And once again, we'll get into more of that when we talk about it. But okay. that was that. So, the actor who played Bill... Harry Crosby, son of Bing Crosby. Hmm. Pretty cool. Bing Crosby, White Christmas. We're going to be getting into but some Christmas stuff later blood in red the Halloween. season. Yes, exactly. I can't wait. Uh, so, the talking a little bit about the music, there's obviously sort of the famous, the... So, the composer intentionally sort of made music... Um, Music was very, a very prominent part of Halloween, obviously. And it is, while it is used a decent amount in here, he had in intentionally cut back on the amount of music that was used. And so music, or score at least, is only heard when the killer is present. That scans. I think that would be kind of cool to sort of look back on in a rewatch and be like, oh. I feel like I kind of got here. that the first time, to be honest. Well, there you go. So film time, 28 days. Essentially, the month of February. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Very short, I feel like, for like Definitely a feature-length film. Definitely short for a feature film. Yeah. So the original title of this film was supposed to be Long Night at Camp Blood. But obviously it changed. So Friday the 13th. What, I like Friday the 13th so well, much better. It's, also, it's iconic. The cop does mention at one point, oh, well, it's crazy that it's a full moon and Friday the 13th. Yeah. And it's like, it's a very subtle mention, but it's definitely a title you can build a franchise on. You know what oh, I mean? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Like, Long Night at Camp Blood 2? No. That's, yeah. You can do a lot more with Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, as they did. There are like exactly. 11 movies. Um, but, yes. So, I, I really like this yeah. fact, actually. So, even as filming started, they hadn't cast Mrs. Voorhees. Huh. Because... At, well, I'm sure it's a different person for most of the movie. Well, correct. Some of the early murder scenes were shot with members of the crew standing in as, like, the hands and, like, the feet and stuff of well, the Well, that murderer. definitely scans, because yeah. when we first see her feet, it... It, I think it's definitely meant to make you think it's a man. Oh, for sure. You know? For sure. And it definitely looks like it was a man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so... I, I thought that was just really cool how they hadn't even cast her and then they bring her in. Yeah, that's crazy. So the star of the film, I guess de facto star, it's kind of an ensemble cast, but the, yeah. the one who makes it to the end, Alice, you know, obviously could have become a big star because this movie was sort of at the very least a cult classic when it came out and then obviously burgeoned into a huge franchise. But actually, <laughs> this isn't necessarily as fun of a fact, but they kind of got like worse for her after the movie. She acquired a stalker. She started receiving death threats, and it got eventually someone even broke into her home. 
So at, after this movie, she kind of took a step back. Hasn't really appeared in much of anything sad. after this. Yeah, but it, also, it does suck. Just you saying that, um, I'm sure you probably have more facts, but I just want to go into something real quick. So yeah, sure. I've been trying to get everyone in the house to watch The Final Girls. <laughs> Sure. Um, it's on, I believe it's only on Hulu. If you have the Showtime ad on, you can also rent it on Amazon prime, but it's very, very good. And I had never seen Friday the 13th before tonight. So yeah, there's, um, there's a movie within a movie in the final girls, right? It's basically like, there's this girl who's a teenager. Who's the main character. Her mother has died and her mother was in an actress who was a famous scream queen from this movie called camp bloodbath. And, her mom, as a result of that, was pretty much always like laughed out of every audition and was like, we can't cast you in this because you were in this horrible movie that everyone makes fun of. Yeah. So she can't ever really live that down. And then she eventually dies. That's right at the beginning. Um, and it's basically like this girl and a bunch of um, Camp Bloodbath fans because it becomes a cult classic. Sure. She had basically trapped in the movie going over and over and over. Sure. Um, so, but it's funny because I did not realize how much that movie, the movie within a movie, parodies Friday the 13th. Because, oh, yeah. like, even the camp, u- like, the counselor uniforms with the yellow shirts from the beginning are the same as Camp Bloodbath. Yeah. The same kind of, like, pickup truck with the cover on the back of it is the same. The The camp sign looks very similar. The story of it is very similar, like, of Camp Bloodbath. The story of it is very similar to the premise of Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Um. And, yeah, it's just funny that I enjoyed The Final Girl so much without even knowing what it was so heavily Yeah, I'm sure you'll appreciate on. it a lot more after seeing this. Yeah, I'll so. appreciate it a lot more when we watch it on Friday. <laughs> sure, Lauren's really pushing for it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so I only have a couple more facts. Um, so obviously one of the best moments in the movie, at least for me, was uh, Kevin Bacon's murder scene. Mm-hmm. And it was actually one of the most difficult to film, and it, it kind of makes sense. because I'm sure it's it one was. Of, it's one of the only ones we actually see. That's the only one where we see a guy with a head and a knife go through a neck while the person's alive. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so... Basically, to make it work, Kevin Bacon had to like crouch under the bed and insert his head through like a hole in the mattress. That makes and sense. And then as as his head was there, they had to apply like a latex neck and chest to like attach to him to give the appearance that it was like one thing actually right. laying down. So he had to stay in this position for hours so they could wow, get the setup right. Just like, yes, exactly. That's awful. And so basically, for the actual movement. They had to, one of the crew members would plunge the arrow through the fake neck while his assistant, also under the bed, operated this like pump that would make the fake blood throw up through the appliance. And um, they also needed an additional person to stand in for the killer's hands as it held Bacon's head down. And so they they settled on this the the still photographer on the movie, whatever. And apparently, as they were doing it, they realized because they only had one of the latex things, they had to make it work in one take. And the pump actually wasn't working. Um, so, so they, uh, luckily it ended up working, but it was almost like a disaster having to, having yeah, to wow. film it. So I thought that was a really cool, just sort of talking about yeah. like, all that goes into it. So final thing that I have, the screenwriter hates the sequels, absolutely huh. hates them because they made Jason the villain of the sequels. In this one, his his whole idea was that the, a mother figure was a serial killer working from this, like, twisted desire to avenge, like, this death of her son. Which I thought was interesting because it was kind of reverse Psycho. I think it's Psycho. very interesting, yeah. Um, I kind of talked about that while we were watching it, how in Psycho, it's a son who 
is basically, you know, his mother is dead, but he believes his mother is talking to her, basically possessing him in a way um, to get him to kill these people. And this is very much the reverse, where this woman thinks her dead son is telling her to kill these people. Yeah, exactly. But obviously, as we know, we, we don't even see the traditional Jason that we know in this movie. We don't. We, we see sort of a, a deformed boy at the end, but besides that, we don't see anything. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the sequels take it, they take Jason, turn this turn him into this hockey-masked serial killer. Well, I mean, killer. it's crazy that we don't even see the hockey mask in this movie. Exactly. So, you know, the, it, it's very much against what the original writer thought, so he does not like him. Doesn't like the sequels. I want to see the sequels, though. I'd like to see how I'm Jason develops. I'm curious in the sequels, yeah. Yeah. But I'm... I don't know. I also, I do agree with the writer to an extent that I think that the the non-supernatural scary movies are usually the scariest to me. Sure. Because that's something that an actual person could do. Yeah, totally. So I think the premise of this one is really interesting. However, I just think that the hockey mask thing is so iconic at this exactly, point. Exactly, yeah. That it's really crazy that that was not even present at all yeah, I in know. the first one. It's really interesting. And speaking of our reactions to the movie... Let's dive in. Okay, so starting from the beginning, usually what we do with Greenlit is we all take notes during the movie, and we just kind of go through them. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> um, first thing I wanted to say was that right at the beginning, we would hear the everything once in a while, but the thing is, Jacob, our housemate, was basically doing it in the whole off time, so it was basically constant between him and the movie. That is true. We basically had a consistent yeah um thankfully he stopped (laughs) um i said i made a note about it being similar to final girls which turned out to be much more intentional that that i thought yes exactly uh so i said and once again this is where we get nsfw so if you don't want to hear me curse or just hear explicit things which are inherently (laughs) in the movie so we have to talk about them but this is some fucking young life Stuff right here at the beginning of the movie, praising <laughs> Playing the guitar, praising Jesus, and then people and then sneaking away, sneaking away to 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 go have fun alone, mm-hmm. and that's where things start to go downhill. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, right at the beginning, there is uh, there are a couple of counselors who are secretly making out, yes. not doing their jobs, mm-hmm. and uh, they are the first to die. Yes. You know, it's of the, course. It's the the double murder that is discussed later in the movie. Yes. Um, And there was a really cool, I made a note about it, when the guy dies really quickly and then the girl dies just a minute later. Um, And when she dies, it like freeze frames and then zooms in on her face. Yeah, that was interesting. And I was like, all right, it's the 80s. Let's go. Yep, exactly. Also, if you hear me chewing, I'm chewing on the apples that are in our drink. Yeah. I haven't finished mine. Lauren is like not even halfway through hers. Well, we have a lot of movie to go. Yeah. Well, so I said the score starts off. I actually really liked the score throughout. I thought it was. I enjoyed the score. It was very much like it was consistent and it was like a fun, like scary thing that I enjoyed. One thing that I want to comment on that comes up throughout this movie, obviously, is the cinematography. Very much a lot of handheld. And we also Uh get a lot of POV. From Jason's perspective, and I actually I really enjoyed how they oh, you used mean from it. Mrs. Voorhees' perspective. Sure, yes. As we find out, it's Mrs. Voorhees' perspective. But I really liked that because it sort of became a thing of 
you know, these shots could just be normal shots or it could be from Jason's, or sorry, Mrs. Voorhees' perspective. Yeah. Exactly. So you were kind of trying to piece that together throughout the movie. Like, am I looking at from the killer's perspective or am like, I looking at it just right from now? a normal shot? Exactly. And I thought that sort of helped build the tension and, and sort of keep the tension throughout the movie. I and, agree. And I, I, I just really like that, how the, the way they used it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, so there was that part that was in, you know, when Jason first died and the double murder happened, and then it cut to uh-huh. the present, and the first thing you see is a sign that says Frank's Delicatessen, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no one says Delicatessen in present day. I, I, I mean, this is present day 40 years ago. <laughs> this movie came out 40 years ago. Correct. That's crazy. Yep. In, in my did. head, the 80s is 20 years ago. Like, in my head, it's still 2000. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I also said... Made us sit through half the credits at the beginning. Just black True. screen, white text. What True. do you feel about that? Because I feel like a lot of older movies sort of have that. Where the credits, or a lot of the credits are at least placed at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I kind of like it. I think it sort of puts it me in that me mindset. It gets me in the mood, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, the next thing. so right off the bat we see Annie. She comes yeah. up to a dog, so I took the note, Doggy! Good. And then she talks to the dog and asks where Necessary. Camp Silver Lake is, or Crystal Lake, not Silver Lake, and and goes that far, huh? Okie dokie, see you later. And I and then the next ro- note I wrote is Annie is so happy. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I I she have I have a, I have a note happy. later about Annie that I think is interesting, uh, but I'll save it. So I also I wrote down a line that I enjoyed. God damn it, one. Ralph. God damn it, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph was great. That's a good one. Ralph, I was a fan of Ralph. Ralph the town crazy. He I hope has, he comes back in the sequels, he but had, I doubt he will. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. He had that funny looking bicycle. I want a Ralph movie is what I wrote down. I just want to see what he does in I life. would not have been surprised if Ralph was the killer, but he was not. So. I would have been surprised because well, I think Well, considering that's a how much obvious. we saw him and then the fact that we never saw Mrs. Voorhees until she was the killer. Sure. You know. Like, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen a little more foreshadowing, but we did kind of get it with the Jeep, so yeah, I'll 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 take it. I liked it. I appreciated it. The I, line, I thought it twisted expectations. Yeah. So the fun line that I thought you were gonna say is, "Um, all the girls up there are gonna look as good as you." Uh, I didn't think that was necessarily fun. Uh, no, it was gross. Yeah. Um, a guy is given Annie up to the camp basically because somehow she ended up stranded like twenty miles away from where she needs to be. Yeah. I don't know how she got there. Um, but yeah, she, yeah she, is, she is just so excited to be a cook at a camp. I Good do not her. know why. Good for As her. As a former camp counselor, I do not know why. Is she making that money, Lauren? She she doing no, what she's she got to do. No, she's not. Camps do not pay. I'm sure they paid. I, the only reason she did it was she was talking about that. I'm sure it wasn't. I mean, I'm sure they pay, but not like good money. Well, sure, but it's a it is a job. I mean, it in 2017, a, a, I is, got 200 a week for like 72 hours. Well, I don't a, think so. Well, but also you weren't the cook, <laughs> to well, be fair. Well, sure, but I'm sure the cook doesn't make that much more. Well, sure, but she said it was also an opportunity to work with kids, and so that's why she wanted yeah. to do it. Anyways, uh, Kevin Bacon's in this movie, Kevin so Bacon's now it's good. <laughs> that's what I said. Kevin Also, Kevin Bacon in a Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. And that actually moves into my next note, which was the fashion in this movie, I love. I, no, I, I enjoyed I, it. I want to go back to that time. Except for the granny panties. Well, well sure. But the those short jean shorts, the, the, this man. Men should this never man wear long see, shorts. Agreed. 
If she, I, once again, as a, a as a youth, <laughs> my shorts traditionally went past my knees because that was the style at the time. That was the style. Was it a good style? No. No, it was not. And now I appreciate this so much more. The, one of the first <laughs> men we see is this dude. He's wearing short jean shorts, a bandana around his neck, tall red socks mm-hmm. with boots on. And that that's my aesthetic that I aspire to. <laughs> I love that. I, I just it. I love that. Uh, an aesthetic I do not aspire to, I made the note, never have I ever seen a self-respecting woman with a bowl cut at Alice. I, it was fine. It was of the time. Well, the thing is, it got better later in the movie. When we first saw her, it was a bowl I, cut. I, that I, was the first day of shooting. She had just gotten that I haircut. I think you're exaggerating, but that's fine. It was fine. a bowl cut. That's later fine. in the movie, I think it had grown out a little bit okay. and it looked better. Sure, sure. Mm. Uh, so, as we saw... As we come to find out, the counselors from the very beginning of the movie are bad lifeguards. Yes. However, the current camp counselors? Very good lifeguards. Very good lifeguards. Quick to action. Very careful of the person they're saving. Yeah. Kevin Bacon can't dive, but besides that, <laughs> they're great. Yeah, so, they're awesome. so the character Ned, who uh, does some problematic stuff, um, yeah. does pulls a sand lot and pretends to be dead, So, or not dead, Drowned. but like drowning. Drowned. So that one of the counselors... Will give him mouth to mouth. Give him a smooch. Yeah, uh, but they're yeah good as good at working as a team. Definitely. Which which I that comes through throughout. I mean, they're looking for each other the whole time, really. Yes, and that's I think it is interesting, right? Because whether it was intentional or not, I think I think we're given a couple moments where they kind of work together as a team. Because we have that moment, then we have the moment with the snake, I, I and agree. it's like you see them all coming together and helping each other. So. I think it's sort of interesting that what the killer decides to do, which is obviously smart and it makes sense, but it's sort of contrasts. Yeah, it singles them out so they can't rely on each other. And even she she doesn't even kill them in pairs. There, she waits for them to be alone. Yeah, and I just I just think that's clearly under the bed the whole time that Kevin Bacon and uh, what's her name, Uh, Marsha, I think. Were yeah, you know having a good time underneath Ned's body? Yeah, what? <laughs> just three layers of people all doing yeah. very different things. Crazy. One Ned dead on the top. Then you have two people having sex. Then you have a killer waiting to murder under the bed. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. What a town. what a wild sandwich you got going on there. <laughs> but uh, yes. So now now the, the, it comes to the point after they sort of save Ned, save in quotation marks. Then we find out that Annie dies. Yeah. Annie Annie is murdered. Yeah, so Annie hitchhikes uh, in a yeah. in a jeep. We don't see the driver. Yeah, we only see their shoes, who very much look like a man and was probably a crew member. Yes, as <laughs> as we found out. Yes, and uh, yeah, she gets her throat slit in the middle of the woods. Yeah, that jeep is coming back. But it is pretty wild because I, it sort of feels like, and you you even kind of mentioned this, that Annie is sort of almost shown as our protagonist in a way no we, she's we start the first off, one we see yeah in modern she's the day. first one we see we stay with her for a little while it's crazy that she never even makes it to the camp yeah and so i i just thought that was a, another sort of reversal of expectations that well, i enjoyed i thought because she was so like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and rose-colored glasses at the beginning i yeah. thought it would have been interesting to see her as the final girl because she's the one who has to Kind of, she would be the one who would have to kind of toughen up. Sort of see, But yeah. instead, she had no growth. So there's that. Well, I, I, I was actually thinking about it, and I kind of find it interesting because she really is painted as this such an optimistic, bright person. She's sort of painted as almost this, like, 
good figure and yet even even though she is painted as this good figure i feel like sometimes we see horror movies and it's like oh these people do something bad and then they're killed and it's like okay sort of karmic reactions yeah. karmic universe well, reactions exactly like but because Annie it's the people who that. are banging and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, the people it's who are too, banging because, and stuff okay no but mrs Voorhees <laughs> is going out of her way to kill the counselors yes and she says i believe uh, while she's in the car with mrs Voorhees. That she's going to be the cook, which was Mrs. Voorhees' position. So it seems odd that she would be one of the ones to die. I think maybe now she did go past the camp when she was driving her. Yeah. So perhaps her intention was to drive her away from there, drop her off way too far, and then go kill the rest. But then when she bailed, I don't know. Uh, I mean, she probably meant to kill her the whole time. I think she did. I, I just thought it, it, it sort of showed that the ruthlessness of the killer. Or just the... Well, I just think that if if a killer claims to have like some kind of moral high ground to stand on, it doesn't make sense to kill Annie. I she was she was still a part of the camp. She was still technically like a counselor of sorts. Not really. She was just going to be the cook, not a counselor. Well, but but I I, I still think it makes sense. Like it sense. would not have been her as it was not Mrs. Voorhees' responsibility to save her son because she was cooking, it would not have been Annie's responsibility to save Jason. But I I don't think I I think as your cl- clouded in this sort of rage you see this person works at the camp this person had the agent could could have had the agency to save my child even Therefore, though they weren't there yes you just like the counselors so I I, I I get it and i i just like the contrast of this this sort of uh optimistic you know good figure of annie and it's like nope we're gonna kill you anyways because yeah. i have this gonna vendetta, kill you no anyways <laughs> stop it okay yeah i hated annie i gotta be honest <laughs> well and she died pretty quickly i didn't so that's think fine. she was a good actor either uh next thing i said god kevin bacon is charming as hell talking to that police officer Oh, I also wrote, um, arrest the racist officer because Ned was dressed up as a Native American. <laughs> yes. I, I also, the officer also really pushed, pushed that sort of war on drugs. Oh, this, he did. I wrote a quote. preceding the Reagan era, so. <laughs> he said, what you smoking? And then he said, grass, hash, the weed, dig it. And then he put on his aviators. <laughs> that, and that tr- cop. And sped away. While that cop was awful, he was also kind of sweet. <laughs> Also kind of sweet. I was a fan. <laughs> yeah. So, he said, you kids keep your noses clean, understand? Yeah, I know. It was like he was plucked out of like a 50s movie, but also yeah. in this yeah. weird like 80s era. It was interesting. But uh, yeah, so I said, I hope Ned dies first. And I also he did. wrote, let the record show that if you dress up as a Native American, you will die. I think that is, yeah, that is karma. I like to say that was intentional, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, yeah, I appreciated it. Um, oh. I then wrote, there are no good actors in this movie. Re, uh, Marsh's shower dream monologue. I, and then I vehemently, vehemently disagreed because <laughs> Kevin Bacon is in this movie. Mm-hmm. And don't you disrespect the it's bacon. Fine. Don't you disrespect the bacon. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, bacon ass. Uh, well, yeah, I was about to get to that, but I do have a note Bacon before that ass. that says, uh, not the low-waisted underwear. Sure. Not sort the of, granny Sort panties. of similar. Similar to Alien. Uh, oh, yeah, similar to Alien. Alien, her underwear was even more low-waisted. Oh, yeah. Well, there was, it like, was no like, waistband on the thing. It exactly. Was like, it was like a reverse thong. Yeah. Like, exactly. th- it was, like, stringy on the waist and then, <laughs> yeah. like, regular everywhere else. Yeah, exactly. But, yes, of but course. Anyway. Bacon ass. We see Kevin Bacon's butt. Yeah, I so was um funny. in the words of Marsha. Not really in the words, but in her head, I said, "Let me grab that bacon." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
that's all for us, folks. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. We still uh, got notes. Okay. Um, I and so when I wrote this note, all I knew was Ned was on the top dead. So I wrote the idea of having sex on the bottom buck of a bed where a dead person is on top is pretty creepy. This was before I knew there was a sandwich that Miss Voorhees was underneath. <laughs> so the idea of having sex on the bottom buck where a dead person is at the top and a killer is beneath you, wild. 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 Also, damn, that Kevin Bacon kill was crazy. Also, I said he was under the bed the entire time. What the fuck? Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote, Marcy got an axe in her head. Yes. He, or, uh, once again, I, this was why I thought it was Jason. She buried that axe in her head. Yeah. Like, that thing was like. Buried. Buried. That thing went kathunk. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, and what another just really good, like, visual effects moment in this film was Kevin Bacon's murder, as we talked about, and then the axe in the head. Well, then also um, Bill's murder with the arrows, too, was a yeah, really oh. good one. Well, yeah, I think we, we get to that We're later. We're going to get to that. Yeah. Um, I also wrote the prosthetics are honestly really good. They are. So just They're like very said. good. Um, Strip Monopoly didn't make it too far. They didn't really Did get they didn't get far in that at all. No. And Monopoly's not the best to play a strip game with. Yeah, that seems like an odd choice. It's Especially because Monopoly hours. goes on for so long. Exactly. So either you're gonna be naked for a long time, or you're gonna have your clothes on for a long time. Yeah, well that's like at that point <laughs> if the game's still going, it's just like it's just weird. This is just weird. We're all yeah. just sitting here. That's it's just, odd. Like, it, the stuff starts to get sticky. Your legs start oh, to stick. No. They start to they stick, stick to, to your chair. seat. Yeah, it's just no uncomfortable thanks. at that point. You don't want to get there. Yeah, yeah. you got to get there quick, and then you got to end quick, you know? Like, you can't you can't linger on either having too yeah. much clothes or not enough clothes. So, okay. poor game, but anyway, that's fine. Um, oh, I also said, so Steve Christie uh, briefly went to a diner that was just called Diner. Looked yeah. very much like a Waffle House. Um, sure. But the the lady there, he was like, what do I owe you as he was about to leave? And then uh, Shelly, I believe was her name, was like, Shelley. just a night on the town, Steve. Yep. I just thought that was funny. Everyone is horny in this movie. <laughs> I That was an earlier note that I didn't say. Everyone, yes. Um, so it was around this time. And at this point... Well into the second act. Yeah. Approaching the third act, if not already there. And I I just, I wasn't bored. And I don't know if that was because we were all watching it together or if also it was. Also because it was the first time too. Uh, but, but I just think that's a testament because, you know, a lot of times when we look back on movies that are older, whether they're even older, like. 40s, 50s or movies like this, even 70s, 80s, it can sometimes feel like the slower pace of the movies can get kind of boring, but I never felt bored in this movie. And I think that's it. I don't know, know, I don't know like, what that is, it but I like just on didn't. a timer, you know, it was like every 10 to 20 minutes, somebody would die. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, I think it was well paced. And yeah, once again, definitely well sort of what we talked about before, the, just the building up of the tension. Like you never know where the killer is. You never know where right. he's going to be. You never so... know which of these shaky shots is actually a POV. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> th- net, then comes Bill's death. And it, it was, it was yeah. fantastic. Well, so first, another thing I want to say is that we see the Jeep come back, and I was like, oh, is it Steve's Jeep? Yeah. I was, like, confused, because I was like, okay, well, this is this person, whoever drives this Jeep, killed yeah. Annie. Yeah. But then I also wasn't sure if it was one of those things where it was like, 
they had a low budget. You know, we did see two of the characters <laughs> that are the same bathrobe. Exactly. And I was like, well, I don't think maybe the camp just, gave them those. Yeah. So it's maybe just it's a just, budget thing. Just so happens. But no. Yeah. So so I would I would definitely. Do you have anything before the Bill death? Um. Uh, no. Okay. So yeah, I want to talk about that for a little bit because I thought that one was another really good reveal. And a little different from the reveals that we had had before. Definitely. And I think it was it was so scary. Not, I mean, maybe not necessarily like horrifying, but it, it gives you a bit of a jump. And it's also just like really cool the way it worked. And I think that was because it was while we had been building this tension the whole movie. And it's like the killer could be anywhere, whatever. The shot that we have of Bill, the Bill reveal is almost like nonchalant in a way. Yeah, it's, it's not, like, oop, let me just like swing this door exactly. around that has Bill on the back yes, of there's, it. There's not like a big music scene. There's not a sting. There's not like a score leading up to it. It's just very much like a shot, her walking up, her her like closing or opening the door yeah, or whatever to like, find oh, shit, Bill. Bill. <laughs> and it's like, and we as the audience see it but slightly before she does, which yeah. also kind of makes it even better. I just thought it was dramatic irony there. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was just really cool how like, I don't know, just how nonchalantly it it appears, but that almost amplifies the experience for us as the audience. Yeah, for sure. And also because it's different from the kills we've seen, you know, some of the others were more jump scares or like we can see it coming because it's built up, but this one was different and unique. And I think that's why a lot of these worked is because they were all unique from the others. Definitely. Yeah, I I liked that, you know. I liked that, obviously, there were two that were killed with the axe, which we will get to. Yes. But um, I liked that, in general, they were all very different murders. There was the knife through the, the back of the throat. Yeah. There was the axe to the head. There were His throat was slit as well, but there he was tacked to the door with all these different arrows, which is yeah. a very camp thing. Yeah. Um, Who was yeah. killed in, again with the axe? A vegetarian girl. I don't remember her name. There was Marcy, who was but, the one with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, well, I, I and the other I one who had the axe her, in her bed. Yeah, I consider her a little different because we don't see we don't the see axe her in killed. her. Yeah, like we see the axe in Marcy's head, but we don't see the axe in her head or in her body at all. We just see her thrown through a window. Yeah, I mean that's true. I guess I just assumed that since they found the axe in I her mean, bed, most likely she, she was, was killed with, with an axe. axe. But yes, but I mean I, maybe it, in a different sti- way. Still, I don't know. It's still at least a unique reveal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, anyway, um, oh, I was going to say something else, and now I don't remember. Um, oh, I thought it was interesting Sorry. that they had a whole cabin full of guns, and yet no one was using the guns. Well, no one thought, hey, maybe if people are dying, I should go arm myself. Well, like, I, well, I, I, well, I think there are a couple things there. Number one is most of the time, right, <laughs> even before people realized what was going on, they were already dead. I guess. And so I think really the only person who realized how serious it was was Alice. And then she tried and she couldn't get in to the, the bullets. bullets were. Yeah. So I, I was I was fine with the way that worked out. But they it's also just kind of crazy that Mrs. Voorhees didn't go that route knowing how the camp is set up and knowing what she's going to do. I think I get why she didn't. Guns are loud. They cause a commotion. So I understand I why she didn't use that to, to murder. And I, yeah, I, I just didn't think it was her style. But the, I, I, I liked this movie. Another reason is because, you know, maybe they could have been a little bit smarter. But overall, I thought it was more Miss Voorhees outsmarting them as opposed to them making stupid decisions. 
for the most part. Yeah, because I don't. I don't think anyone really made like. I mean, sneaking off to like hook up with someone isn't like a stupid decision in a normal camp, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that was that none of I think that was the the really impressive part to me was that none of them knew that the other people were dead. <laughs> You know, or none of them knew that there was a killer on the loose. Right. I feel like in a lot of movies, people realize, oh, something's up. There's a killer on the loose. And then they make stupid decisions. This was, they were just doing what they normally would do. You know, they try to keep the generator on. They try to fix stuff. They see lights on. They go look at it, etc. You know, they I go mean, in. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I was fine with that. But speaking of stupid decisions. Um, <laughs> All right. Okay. So Alice hides in the pantry where the kitchen is and does not take a weapon in with her. Knowing that Mrs. Voorhees is coming out. Okay, her so before you get into that, before you get into that, I said, Mrs. Voorhees is the killer, holy shit. <laughs> I was not expecting it. Well, okay, as soon as she stepped out of the car, I knew she was the killer. As soon as she said, well, yeah. I'm Mrs. Voorhees, I was like, that's it. And, and, but I was I was still expecting something with Jason, but we really don't, once again, until the very end. But yeah. yeah. So anyways, continue. Um, Yeah, let me see. I also said this is really a psycho thing, as I talked about before. Um, sure. But yeah, so Alice doesn't really take any weapons into the pantry with her. That was Mrs. A, a bit of a mistake. Her. That was a mistake. But she does grab a frying pan and hits her over the head with it. She's knocked out she for does. just a second. And she doesn't hit her over the again or hit her hit her over the head with it again yeah. to kill her. Make sure she doesn't really doesn't come after her. And she just goes out to the lake by a canoe. Yeah. And what happens? Mrs. Voorhees comes after her. Yeah. So then, I guess, at that point, even though she's seen that she's killed all kinds of people, at that point, I guess that's where she loses her qualms, and she decapitates her with her own machete. Holy shit, Miss Voorhees is decapitated. Yes. Um, and <laughs> I also wrote the note, that's what I call growth. Yeah, yeah, that was a good line, Lauren. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> now, the only other thing, though, is that after that, she then crawls into a canoe with no oars and sleeps on it, not, like, down where she can actually lie down, but on the little um, the little metal thing that's on the top of the canoe that yeah, divides it into sections. Yeah, I just took that. Was that was dumb. I, I took that as, oh, they have to do this for filming purposes. Like, you can't you couldn't see shot. her in the canoe if she was laying down. I get, I get why she got in a canoe, at least. Because it's like, oh, you're on the lake. You'd hear someone approaching, A. Or B, like, no they one They might really... not be able to get to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Except that then other people could grab another canoe and actually grab oars. And get out to you a lot faster than you could get away from them. I mean, I, I guess. just bumped the mic. Sorry. Way to go, Lauren. Uh, but I mean, sure. But I, I, I get the the instinct to do that. Yeah. So anyway, let's, let's talk about the end. Okay. So I really thought for a second. At first, I thought she was gonna be fine, and then I was like, oh, she's dead, dead, because yeah. Jason drags yeah. her under the water. And I was like, that's a really good ending for this movie. Yeah. I actually really like that she died at the end. That's cool. Um, but then she wakes up and I was like, oh, it was all a dream, you know, like, or at least the Jason part at the end was a dream, yeah. but then it wasn't a dream and yeah. she implied that he's coming back. It was, it was a roller coaster of... It was a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I would have, I didn't hate the way that it ended. Once again, I it sort of, the it, ending. it kept you I feel like toes. they kind of tacked that on at the end to set up a sequel. It definitely gave I mean, me that vibe where they were like, actually. Well, but they also could have set up a sequel by just killing her. That's true, because it would have shown that Jason was there. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe they wanted her for a sequel. I don't think she's in the sequels, but maybe that's why they did it. They were like, oh, maybe we do have something here. We could use her. Maybe. Well, because I just think that, you know, 
if you have multiple movies with a common setting, you don't really need to keep any of the original cast if you don't want to. You can kill them all. Yeah. You know? Well, she so she is in the second one. Okay. So probably what they were trying to do is to keep her Set for the second Set up her one. being in the sequel. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's what, that's what I would guess. All right. So, but yeah, I, I, I get... I, it, it didn't bother me one way or the other. Maybe as I sit on it, as I sleep on it, as I let it digest, it will, it will, it will change me. But yeah, once again, uh, very interesting, especially if you haven't seen this before. Like Lauren and I hadn't. Mm-mm. Just the fact that there's no Jason in it is kind of wild. And you expect yeah. to see him. You expect to see that that hockey mask, and you don't get it. You which don't is, get it. Which is kind of fun. Which is it, it once again subverted expectations. And while for the most part this is sort of a, a, a by the books horror movie, I think there were sort sort of some of the smaller things that subverted expectations, which is sort of what makes it a classic and I what agree. makes it have rewatch value and have just value in general. So. Yeah, I think it's interesting that it was able to subvert those those tropes before they even became a thing, right? Because this was one of the original slashers. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely recommend for Halloween. I definitely want to... I've heard good things up until like a certain point in the Friday of the 13th franchise. Yeah. You know, like I've heard the next few ones are pretty good, but then at a certain point... I've heard there are like conflicting timelines, which is weird. Huh. Well, when you have 11 anyway, movies, it's like, but I don't know. Hard. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So I'm definitely excited to see more of these. I also, we still need to watch the other Alien movies, which I definitely want to see. Yeah. But yeah, definitely recommend for your last couple of days before Halloween. Also, Final Girls. Check that out too. Sure. But also, Friday the 13th. If you haven't seen it, you probably have. Lauren and I are probably alone in this. But if you haven't, it's a good one. It's a good one. If, and if you haven't had it completely spoiled by now, which you have, but <laughs> still still a fun one to see, I yeah. would say. So yeah, that is our very unique, very different episode from what we normally do. If you did like this, we would love, we would greatly appreciate if you would subscribe to our Patreon. The link Absolutely. will be in our bio. It would be it would be a huge help to us to sort of support us financially. Yeah. You get a greenlit one of these episodes once a month. And I will say if you subscribe now, there are like five of them that yeah. are stockpiled on there that you can listen to. Yeah, exactly. There's Hocus Pocus, She's the Man, Emperor's New Groove, yeah. a Alien. What was the last one? <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Oh, 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 that's so sweet life of Hannah Montana. That's so sweet life of Hannah Montana. One. Yeah. So we we have those and you can sort of get in on the ground floor and because there are sort of few people who subscribe to our Patreon, if you have a movie suggestion that you'd like us to do for a greenlit, we'd probably watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like no, you literally just, just tell us. If there you are like us, We'd probably Three watch it. Three people who are at, at the five dollar level $5 or above. Level. Yeah. yeah. So once again, we would love your support. Absolutely adore it. We'd love yeah. you forever. Even if you can just only subscribe at the one dollar level on Patreon, we would love it. We would. And we do lots of bonus it. content, even just for the one dollar yeah, level. Yeah. Exactly. So, so. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's all that we have. Yeah. If you've made it this far, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Have yeah. a happy Halloween. Have a very happy Halloween. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Tell us what you're gonna be for Halloween. Ooh, that'd be fun. We'll read it um, on air. We we will next week. Well, I guess next week we'll tell we'll tell everyone what you were for Halloween. Yes, past tense. Um, but yeah, happy Halloween. Stay safe. Don't get COVID. Yes. Yes. Goodbye. Okay. That's all for us, folks. <laughs>